Okay, we're getting kind of a late start tonight, so I'm going to jump right into it. But I want to let you guys know, everybody look up here at me, please. I don't know if you did, and if you did, thank you for being faithful. I asked you guys last week if you would pray for me and my family. Uh, things are still kind of heading in a good direction, so just keep praying for us if you would. I'd appreciate that a bunch. If you forgot, if you would still, please pray for me and my family. I would appreciate that a bunch. Just got some stuff that we're staring on the barrel of. It seems like God is in the middle of it as always and taking care of us as he always does. So, But if I come to mind or my wife come to mind or my family comes to mind, just pray for us if you would. I'd appreciate that a bunch. Okay, I have a question for you to begin with tonight. Then we'll get into the message. Here's my question. Think about you and think about your high school for just a little bit. I always felt like this when I was a kid, when I was in high school. Have you ever felt, this is the first question at your small group table tonight, have you ever felt like an outcast? In your, in your young life, have you ever felt like an outcast? Turn to your tables, talk about that for just a moment, and we'll turn back to the front here in just a minute. Back to the front, if I could, please. I know we've only got a minute or two here. I've left you guys with your groups. So I apologize for that. So here's the deal. Here's what I want to talk about tonight. Okay, last week we talked about the woman with the issue of blood. If you have not had a chance to go back, you can go back and listen to the podcast on that. Find that on Spotify. You can pay attention to that and listen to that. That would be great. But tonight what I want to do is I want to talk about another person in the Bible that we don't know the name of, but it plays a huge role in this. But I want you guys to do this tonight. Can you personalize this message tonight for me? And here's why I want you to do that. Because the book of Luke was actually written, Luke was a physician, a historian, and he wrote the book of Luke to a person. Did you guys know that? Does anybody know what that person's name is? Not Jesus. <laughs> That's a good guess, though. Whenever in doubt, Jesus. That's it. He wrote it to a most excellent Theophilus was the guy's name. So Luke wrote the book of Luke to a person. So tonight what I want you to do is when I read this story, I want you to make this about you. He wrote this book to Caden, and he wrote this book to Maddie, and he wrote this book to Coy, and he writes this book to Clint, and Travis, and me, and Silas. Make sense? So tonight, you personalize this message for yourself, okay? Because I believe we can all relate to this. So at the beginning of this message, a description of what we're going to read here in just a minute, in Luke 17, we're going to read verses 11 through 19, okay? But I want to give you a little context. What's happening is, is Jesus is moving around, and he is, he's, I almost, I wanted to bring up a map tonight, but I couldn't find a good one. So if you guys can look at the screen real quick and picture, there's Galilee up here, the region of Galilee, and right down below that is Samaria. So Jesus is kind of cruising around the southern part of Galilee and the northern region of Samaria. And the reason why that is so critical to this part of the story is because Samaritans were hated people. We've talked about this before in youth group. The Samaritan, the Jewish people, see, we think today's racism is real, and it is in some senses, okay? Racism and sin will be around until Jesus returns, unfortunately, okay? We don't like it, but it's there. But it's nothing new. The Jews hated Samaritans. They thought they were half-breeds. That's how they referred to the Samaritan people. They were half-breeds because they were a mixed race. So hang on to that idea of how much they hated this and hang on to the idea that Luke wrote this to Theophilus to get a point across of what the gospel is really all about. So Jesus is cruising around this region and he gets ready to enter into a village. And before he enters into the village, before he gets into the community, which is really critical, he runs into 10 lepers. Now I want to talk just a second about leprosy because I think for me, if you... If, and I'm going to say this politically correct. I'm going to try anyway. If you've been diagnosed with COVID today, what do they tell you to do? Stay away from people. Isolate yourself. Don't be around anybody because if you do, they'll catch it. 
Make sense? We all heard that, right? So when you look at COVID today, if you get COVID, you almost feel like a leper in a way because you can't be around people. Does that make sense? You're isolated. A leper back in those days, it was a skin disease. It was an infectious skin disease. And if you were a leper, you literally had to stay outside the community for the rest of your life, or at least until the priest deemed you clean again. So if you had leprosy, you had to live outside the camp, and you had to put a bell around your neck, and you had to ring a bell and yell, unclean, unclean. And if you went into a community or into a crowd of people, they would stone you to death. But for me, it's almost when you look at COVID and the coronavirus and all the nonsense that's going on today with all that going around, it's similar to that. And I think in today's environment, we can relate to, uh-oh, I got COVID. And I've got to stay away from people because if I don't, I'm going to infect you. And I have to isolate myself. So I almost have to be over here. We got to stay six feet away from people today, right? You can't be around somebody because you might have it and you don't know it. And I might have it and I don't know it. So we got to stay away from one another. So this idea of living outside the camp, I think you guys can get your arms around. Very grateful that we get to go back to school. Very grateful that we get to meet for youth group again. But it's still a very real thing in our culture. Leprosy in this day was even worse than that almost. Because as a leper... The only people you could hang around with were other lepers. You had to be outside the community. So hang on to that while we look at this. Jesus right now in this part of the story in the book of Luke is on his way to the cross. He's on his way to Jerusalem and he's on his way to the cross to be crucified. So here's what it says. In verse 11, Luke 17, verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, which makes sense because we talked about that, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, that being Jesus, when he saw them, when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he had been healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to, pray, to give praise to God except this foreigner, the Samaritan? Then he said to, the, to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. What I want to look at tonight, and it's going to be real brief tonight. What I want to look at tonight is, what can we learn from these guys? But here's a question I want to let you guys feet tonight. Will you be the one because of what you've been healed and saved, will you be the one that is willing to go back, to take your time to go back to praise God and to thank Jesus for what has been done in your life? That's what I want you guys to hang on to tonight as we go through this. Will you be the one? Because I think a lot of times, we don't spend a lot of time doing that. And I'll get into that here in just a minute. Three things tonight I want to look at that we can learn from these lepers. The very first thing is, number one, they recognize their need. See, leprosy was a very infectious disease. In today's world, they call it Hansen's disease. Now, there's cures for it today, but back in biblical days, there was no cure for this disease. It would go away at times, and that's where it said, when he said, go show yourself to the priests, because the priest would deem you unclean. So let's say I got a cut on my hand right here, right? And it gets a little white around it. I would have to go to the priest. I was obligated to go to the priest, show the priest my injury or my wound or my infection, and the priest would deem whether I was unclean or not. And if I was unclean, I want, you, I want this to land on you guys. If I was deemed unclean by the priest, 
I had to immediately leave the community. The only thing that I could have happen probably in those days was my family was able to bring out food and money for me and clothes, and then they had to go back into the community. And I was cast out forever. Or until my disease went away, and then I had to go back to the priest and let him inspect me again. That's why Jesus looked at them and he said, go show yourself to the priest. They were infected with disease. They realized they couldn't fix it themselves. No doctors could heal. Remember last week when we talked about the woman with the issue of blood? Spent all of her money with doctors? Same thing here. Nobody could heal them. By law, here's what it said they had to do in Leviticus 13, 45 and 46. It says this, The person, person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes and let their hair be unkept, cover part of their face, and cry out, Unclean, unclean. As long as they had the infection, he remains unclean. He must live alone. He must live outside the camp. So they had to leave their clothes torn. They had to let their hair be messed up. And so you could see that they were infected. I look around the room tonight. I look around the high school. I don't see people that are infected with the disease, have their clothes torn, have their hair messed up, and walking alone in the hallway. Because here's the deal, you guys. We all have an infection. And that infection is sin. But see, we look good, don't we? Nobody can see our sin. Nobody can tell that I've got leprosy in my heart, can they? Nobody knows that I have a disease as a, as, as a non-believer until I'm healed. Nobody can tell, but here's what the Bible tells us. See, we got the same issue as the lepers, but the lepers were ordered to let everybody know what was going on. We're not, but here's what the Bible says. But if you fail to keep your word, then you will have sinned against the Lord. <clears throat> and you may be sure that your sin will be found out. If you're in this room tonight or you're listening to this on a podcast somewhere and you're in sin, rest assured, it will be found out. You can look at me and I will guarantee you that your sin will be found out. Adam and Eve got caught, didn't they? Adam and Eve did their best to cover their sin, right? With fig leaves. When God called them in the garden and said, Adam, where are you? God knew exactly what was going on. He was not surprised. He knew what they had done, but they did their best. As human beings, we do our best to cover ourselves, cover our own sin, take care of it ourselves, and make sure that we don't get in trouble and nobody knows it. Proverbs 28, 13 makes it very clear. People who conceal their sin will not prosper. You look around, there's a lot of people making a lot of money that are in sin, but they will not prosper spiritually. But they, if they confess and if they confess and turn from, from them, they will, they will receive mercy. So if I try to hide it, I'm going to be found out. But if I confess it, I'll fight, I will receive mercy. And like I talked about earlier, these guys were in a similar situation to the woman with the issue of blood. They knew they couldn't fix it. They just knew they weren't able, no doctors could help them. But these guys, like the woman with the issue of blood, found their hope and healing in Jesus Christ. Have you been healed by the Lord in this room tonight? Has he delivered you from your leprosy by saving you from your sin? The second point is this. They reached out to Jesus. <clears throat> they might not have been able to do like the woman with the issue of blood. They couldn't reach out and touch him because they had to be at a distance. But they reached, they reached out with their voices and they called out to him in a loud voice. And listen to me. They didn't wait for later. See, they didn't know if Jesus was going to pass by this area again. So they did not wait for a more convenient time to call on the Lord. They did it while he was near. When they turned and they walked away, Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest. Watch this now. 
We talk about this all the time in youth group. Be a doer of the word, not just a hearer, right? So Jesus tells them, go, show yourself to the priest. And it says they turn. They still had leprosy, but they turned and they started down the path. And somewhere along the way, we don't know how long, but somewhere along the way, they were healed. They were cleansed of their leprosy. And they, they were no longer stuck in that situation. Jesus had healed them. But by faith, they went. And they didn't wait for a more opportune time to talk to Jesus in another situation. Isaiah 55, 6 tells us this. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. If you're ever in church or you're ever in youth group or you're ever in a situation where God is talking to you and he's calling you and he wants you to respond by faith to either give your life to him for the very first time or to repent and come back to him again, you better respond while he is near. And if we're supposed to respond while he's near, that tells me sometimes he's always around, but he may not be calling me near at that moment. They confessed their sin. They stood at a distance and they yelled in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. That word master means chief or commander or Lord. We talked about this the very first week at youth group. Is he your Lord? Because if he's not Lord of all, he won't, be long, he won't be Lord for long. And I honestly don't know how in the world somebody can give their life to Christ and confess him as Savior and not have him be Lord and be a Christian for very long. Because they're going to become their own Lord. They're going to become their own king. I don't know how anybody can live that way. But I would ask you this, why would you live that way? If the one who healed you has the power to heal you, gave his life to heal you, and yet we don't want to allow, allow him to be Lord of our life. See, these guys, when they called out, they, they recognized him as that role. And this word that says pity, have pity on us, is defined as empathy or compassion. Sympathy is one thing. To feel bad for him, to look at someone who's homeless, let's say. Man, I feel bad for that person. Living on the street, doesn't have much for clothes, begging for food. I feel bad for them. That's sympathy. Empathy and compassion is getting into the conversation. Empathy and compassion is entering in and doing something, making a difference in that situation. And listen to me, it may just be to pray for someone that's in that situation. But listen to God and he'll be faithful to tell you what to do. But it struck me. Last week, we, we heard about the woman with the issue of blood. And it says she heard about Jesus. This week, we look at the lepers who heard about Jesus. They heard he was healing people, that he, had, he, had, he was able to heal people, from, raise people from the dead, mend their limbs, heal them from diseases, because he was master over death. He was Lord over disease and death, and they'd heard this, so by faith they called out to him, and when he said, turn and go, they went. You know why I think they went? Because they were desperate. We talked about this before. Are you desperate? Do you need to meet the Lord when you're in here on a Wednesday night? Are you desperate to have Jesus touch your life? These guys were desperate. They had no other choice, but they heard that he's been healing people and they saw he was near. They reached out to him and they turned and went when he told them to go. They were obedient. <clears throat> they responded by faith to Jesus' command. We've been talking about that. When they turned and obeyed, they were completely healed. And it's important to understand, if you ever want evidence of your faith, if you ever want to know, do I have any evidence of my faith? It's this. 
Obedience is the evidence of your faith. How faithful you are will depend on how obedient you are. And how obedient you are will depend on the faith that you have. That's how that works. So if you ever wonder by looking at someone who says they're a Christian and they're just, you just wonder sometimes, I'm, okay, I'm not here to judge you, but it doesn't seem like things are lining up very well to me because they're not obedient to the things of God. The language they use, the gossip they talk about, the stuff they look at on the computer, it's not lining up. So I would ask you to allow God to search your heart and see where you're really at with him. And when he tells you, be obedient by faith and he will heal whatever's going on in your life. But here's the deal. One of the lepers came back and thanked him. It says in verse 15 and 16, one of them, when he saw that he was healed along the way, came back. So if you can picture 10 guys walking down the path and they're on their way to see the priest, they're talking about what are we gonna do? Now think about this. Read scripture like this. These guys go, okay, let's go. They're still got their clothes torn. Their hair is still messed up. They still got leprosy, but they're walking down the path, heading to the priest. Why? Because they heard Jesus could heal them. And along the way, guess what? Here's how I read scripture. I'm a nut job. I'm walking along and all of a sudden my hands got scars and I'm all, a leper would be, see what happened to them is their nerves would go dead on the end of their fingers and their toes and they would actually have nubs. They would walk around like this because their nerve endings would go and they wouldn't know it and it would rub the bones and the, and the skin just raw. Look up leprosy online. It is not a pretty sight. And what would happen, though, they would lose their nerve endings. So there had to be guys walking along with no toes, no fingers. And all of a sudden, they're walking along. And all of a sudden, it's like, fingers start popping back up. And skin starts becoming clean. And I'm looking at you, and I'm thinking, your face is changing. You're clean. It's white or colored or no disease or whatever it looks like. You see it? Look inside your heart for a second. Are you saved? Do you remember what you used to look like? When you would walk, you were diseased and you had no feeling. You were numb. You were lost. You were hurting. You were sinning. And then Jesus says, follow me. And you gave your life to him. And all of a sudden, as you're walking, I'm different. I don't do that anymore. And it's not because I'm not trying. It's just because I just don't because I've been cleansed of my leprosy. It blows my mind when you really picture this. These are historical events. This actually happened. You're actually saved, and you're actually gonna go to heaven because of the blood of Jesus Christ. These things are as real then as you sitting in this room today. And I see these guys walking along, and I see one guy break out of the ten. And he's like, holy cow. Nobody had touched him. Nobody had been around him. I want a leper to describe to you what it looks like to be him. Corey, play the video for us real quick. Just listen. For five years, no one touched me. No one. Not one person. Not my wife, not my child, not my friends. No one touched me. They saw me. They spoke to me. 
I sensed love in their voices. I, I saw the concern in their eyes, but I, I didn't feel their touch. There was no touch. Not once. No one touched me. What is common to you, I coveted. Handshakes, a warm embrace, a tap on the shoulder to get my attention, a, a kiss on the lips to steal a heart. Such moments were taken from my world. No one touched me. No one bumped into me. Oh, what I would have given to be bumped into, to be caught in a crowd, for my shoulder to brush against another's. But for five years, it hasn't happened. How could it? I wasn't even allowed on the streets. Even the rabbis kept their distance from me. I wasn't permitted in my synagogue, not even welcome in my own house. I was untouchable. I was a leper. And no one touched me. The Samaritan was walking with the ten, looked down and saw his hands clean, and realized that he was healed. Get this. All ten of them were being obedient to what Jesus told them to do. They were walking to the priest exactly like Jesus told them to do. But what they didn't do, what the one did is he broke out of the crowd. And he came back to Jesus. And it says, in a loud voice, he praised God and fell at the feet of Jesus who healed him. We want to be obedient it's one of my favorite words in scripture, but we don't want to be so obedient that we don't take the time to come back and thank God for what he's done and praise the Lord. And with a loud voice, I can hear you guys at football games, volleyball games, basketball games at your schools, with a loud voice cheering the camels and the bolts, right? Cheering them on. Loud voices, screaming from the sidelines, screaming from the stands. Go team, go, right? But when it comes to Jesus, we never want to go and use a loud voice and praise God because we're embarrassed that our friends might think different of us because we know we've been healed, but we're not willing to break out of the pack and take the time to go back to praising. And I don't care what age you're at, we all fight with that. We all have 24 hours in a day, yes? Who gives you that 24 hours? God does, doesn't he? Ever take the time to praise him and thank him for it? It's important that we do these kind of things, you guys, because it is this word where it says here in the scripture, I want to get this, and then we're going to break up into our small groups. That word thank carries with it a lot, and I want, this to, I want you guys to hear this. That word thank in the Greek has this definition to it, to show, to show thanks or to come under one in obligation. It also says this, to be thankful, to feel obligated to the one who healed you, then to express appreciation do you feel obligation to Jesus because of what he's done for you? We should, because he saved you. Do you take the time to thank him and praise him with a loud voice and praise God? I want you guys to break up. Oh, one more thing real quick before I forget. The Samaritan received more. See, the other nine, their skin was cleaned and they were healed, right? They went back to the priest. They were deemed clean because they were healed along the way. All nine of them, all 10 of them were but one of them, the Samaritan, came back, and when he fell at Jesus' feet, Jesus says this to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. The nine got healed physically. The one, the Samaritan, is, his name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And it struck me last week when we talked about the woman with the issue of blood, we still don't know her name, do we? Jesus does. And we don't know the Samaritan's name, 
But according to the Greek definition of this rise and go, your faith has made you well. He saved. That's what that means. He was praising God for his salvation. Turn to your groups, answer the questions, and we'll come back up here in just a few minutes and we'll, fit, we'll wrap it up. Okay, if I can have your attention back to the front of the room real quick, I would appreciate it a bunch. Um, here's what I know. Here's my challenge for you guys. We talked about this at the table I was sitting at tonight. We are very quick to pray, yes? We know what it's like to pray and say, Lord, I need your help. I need this. Please bless me here. Help me with this test, whatever it is. So as quick as we are to pray, be as quick to praise. Praise him. And, and when you thank him, know that there's an obligation that we have to be his disciples to do what he tells us to do. We want to be obedient. We never want obedience to become legalistic to where we forget to praise him. So when we pray, we make sure we praise him. Make sense? So I want to give you guys an opportunity, and we're going to sing a song to close the night. And I want you guys to have an opportunity to do exactly like the Samaritan did. I want you to be able to raise your, to come to God, fall at his feet, if you will, in your heart, or you can physically in front of this room if you want to, but to come back and praise God with a loud voice. So on your feet, we're going to sing a worship song, and then we'll close the night. Father in heaven, you're good, and we're grateful. Lord, we stand here tonight as a group of individuals who love you with all of our hearts. There may be somebody in this room tonight, Lord, that doesn't know you, might be wondering, what in the world is this all about? And Father, I pray that I know this, Lord, that you're talking to their hearts, and I pray that they're willing to surrender their life to you. Maybe somebody in here tonight that needs to repent and come back, Lord, and fall at your feet and praise you with a loud voice for your forgiveness and your redemption and just you bringing them back into your good graces. Just know, Lord, wherever we're at tonight, there's three groups of people in here. Some don't know you. Some might know you. Some have to come back and ask you for forgiveness for the way they've been living, that they've been away from you. But it's time to come back. Father, no matter where each individual in this room is tonight, May we just understand with clear minds and full hearts what you've done for us, that the blood of Jesus has cleansed us from our leprosy, and we want to come and fall at your feet and praise you and thank you for all that you've done, seen and unseen, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys. You're dismissed. Have a great night, everyone.